sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. I'm a soul man. All right, folks, here we go. What a week this is going to be. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you from Las Vegas Sportsbook Radio. On the Sports Grid Radio Network Series Channel 204, got a certain football game at the end of the week. We've got hoops and hockey, baseball's coming, NASCAR's coming, golf's on the mainland. I think we'll have plenty to discuss, and we get props, 400-plus, and we're going to be out and about all this week and out at Sunset Station here on a Monday, and then on Thursday and Friday, we'll be over at the Superbook with our annual props remotes. Oscar Goodman, the former mayor of Las Vegas, will be there. Most importantly, uh, Jay Cornegay, Jeff Sherman, the guys, the team over at the Superbook to put these props out. It's just it's great fun to dissect the game and get ready to dive in and get your plan of attack. There was big news over the weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. But, of course, we can't get the fun started without having a conversation with our pal Stevie Slapshot here to start the brand-new week. How you doing, Stevie? How was the weekend? Well, the weekend was okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be any fun without me, Brian. There, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Hey, the number, Kansas City, it's still – Minus three, minus 20. Total's hanging in there at 56 and a half. But it's telling you, Steve, that minus 20, it's a whisker away. It really, it's close to going to three and a half. The question is, when will it happen? Uh, closer to game time, I think. I, we're not going to see it for a couple of days yet. But And, and you've said, and, I'm, and I wouldn't be surprised either if it got to four right before game time. And then, and then closes at three and a half. That would be my best guess, um, and we'll see how that shakes out. And generally speaking, it used to be the arrival of people into Vegas on Thursday and Friday when that big money would service. But it's funny, Stevie, now, not that people weren't betting this game anyway all over the place, but now with all the different jurisdictions and, and all, all the places where it's available, it just opens up a whole new kettle of fish, right? I mean, Vegas was the spotlight, but we're in Jersey and Mississippi and Michigan and all these places now. Oh, there's going to be money wagered on this thing all, all over the world, Brian. I mean, they, they, they bet this thing over in Europe, too. I mean, th- th- this thing draws more money than any other sporting event. I think we all know that. There's no doubt about it. And the the matchup with Mahomes and Brady is just honestly just going to add to it and how polarizing those guys are going to be uh, in the props. I'm looking ahead, Stevie. All right. Tampa Bay weather. Are you ready? Now we're ready. 65 degrees is the high. Rain in the forecast. 50% chance of rain. 17 mile an hour winds. Well, if you trust the weatherman, maybe you start betting the under quick. <laughs> I, I like the under anyway, Brian, but I never trust the weatherman. They, they, they can't get it right to save their lives. If they were handicappers, they'd be broke. But, I mean, honestly, weather is a thing. In fact, um, we put our, put our good friend Chris Bavona to work, our producer in New York. 
Actually, I should have started with him, Stevie. I mean, I love you, you know, but I mean, we should have made sure, first and foremost, our producer, Chris Bavone, is okay in New York City where a foot of snow is supposed to come. But I guess after what we've gone through this entire year, Chris, being stuck in a house, I guess you'd be used to that. I, I mean, I have an old saying, um, and it's from a movie the weather outside oh, go is figure. weather. <laughs> <laughs> How how it hasn't really kicked. I know it's snowing, but the 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 um, it, no, it's it's, it's, like, it's like Caddyshack. I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for quite a while, but it's coming, man. You're gonna get lit up. Oh no 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 no! It's already we've got the heavy stuff. We've probably got almost a foot of snow already. Oh my goodness! Well, how honestly? I'm from Buffalo. A foot of snow's like, oh okay, guys. What do you want to do? You know, <laughs> you, you hop in the car and you go, and it's all flat land there, but. A foot of in snow in Buffalo? Come on, you can find your golf ball still. I know, but wait, so just how does how crazy can you describe in the city when there's a foot of snow, just how it's just like, you know, stay home. There's nothing you can do. Basically what happens is if you see a, if you see a mailbox on the street and it's covered from head to toe in snow, you've got a lot of snow. Well, the problem you get with that then is if, if, if there are cars under the snow banks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one of my. Yeah. That's one of the funniest things to see is when cars are just completely doused in snow. Well, you hang in there. No, wait, I just real quick. What did they say? You're getting a foot of snow, twelve to eighteen what's inches. A, but what, what's what's the forecast moving forward? Like, is it going to stay there? Is it going to warm up and melt, or what's the deal? That's a really good question. All I know is that it's supposed to snow well until tomorrow afternoon. Well, enjoy, buddy. I mean, listen, little little winter wonderland. It's February. It's snowing. I don't know why everybody gets so crazy about this. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But there you go. Weather at the beginning of the week. Don't drive and don't drive and you're okay. And we got weather on the back end, and that is what we're talking about. Maybe rain in the forecast for the Super Bowl. All right, we're going to take our first break. But when we come back, we have a monster trade in the NFL. I can't wait to get Stevie's take on this because he has poked holes at Jared Goff long and hard this entire year. So we'll talk about the big trade, and we'll talk about some of the props and all the goodies. We're off to the races. It's a brand-new week. It's Super Bowl week, and we'll be out and about all week long. Brian Blessing. From Sunset Station on a Monday on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Glad you're with us to jumpstart the brand new week on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, here we go. Sportsbook Radio from Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. This ought to be worth a hoot. I'm going to get Stevie's take on this. So the Lions send Stafford to L.A. And Goff goes to Detroit. And the Lions pick up an army of draft picks, but they pick up the debt of Goff's contract. So they pay dearly for those picks. But the question is, in the short term, certainly Detroit's trying to rebuild Stevie, and they're saddled with this contract now. 
and Goff moving forward. But first, let's go to the change of scenery for Matthew Stafford. Going in there with that defense, is he is Matthew Stafford next year's Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay? I don't think the results are going to be the same, Brian, because you pointed out to me about Coach McVay with the Rams and, and how he blows his timeouts. I, I, I think that the Rams will be better. I, I, I think that uh, Stafford's arm will get them a couple of more wins, but McVay's decisions on the sideline will also cost them games as it always has. So I, so the Rams will be better, I, but it's not going to be Tampa Bay, Brady. I don't see that. Well, the funny thing is pro football talk saying that McVay is fixated on Stafford, that he thought he was the guy that puts this team over the top. I Listen, I like McVay. I like him a lot. I think there's an energy, how he got them going where they're going. The game management thing, I think it's fixable, but I, I'm wondering maybe this is true. When we sit there and say, the buck stops with the head coach, and I've right, I said to you all year long, there's no one worse at wasting timeouts in the NFL than the Rams. And I'm saying, McVay, I'm wondering, though, what if it was Goff that was the one that was in there and just couldn't get his head wrapped around what he had to do in time to get the playoff? What What if that thing completely, let's say that thing goes by the boards, maybe all of a sudden McVay looks really good with a guy like Stafford who knows what he's supposed to do. Well, that's possible, Brian. I, I still, as you've said, when you're in that spot, take the five yards most of the time. You're better off. Um, but you're right. But Stafford is a is a better NFL quarterback mentally as well as physically than Goff. And so maybe those situations don't arrive a, as often as they have in the past. We'll see. I, it's definitely an upgrade. The, the Rams will be better. I just don't know how much better. Um, I, I do like McFay's uh, play calling and his innovation offensively um we'll, we'll see how this works out again the rams will be better we'll, we'll just see how much better i'm not sure well i mean the starting point buddies you got the the best defensive player on the planet in donald and you've got arguably the best cornerback on that defense that defense is just going to get better and better and better now you bring now the thing for me more with stafford is can the poor guy stay upright you know can he finish the season but let me tell you something. Remember when Aaron Rodgers, his post-game press conference, when it was all said and done, it's exactly what I was saying to you, Stevie, that Rodgers knew all this stuff was swirling around out there. He just threw his hat in the ring to drum up interest. And apparently when he did that, the Rams took a big shot at getting Aaron Rodgers. The Rams had made their bet. They wanted to be done with golf. They went after Rodgers. Now the Packers are saying he isn't going anywhere. I don't care what he says. The Packers are adamant. They're not trading Rodgers. But when Rodgers did what he did, he was playing an angle, and it worked because he got the Rams to call the Packers, and apparently they made an incredible offer for him. Well, I I think that's a good move on their part. Again, get away from Goff, and good good luck to uh, Detroit here. I 
if if there's a way to look, I like all the draft picks they got, right? They, they, they've got to turn that team over. So I love that they got all the draft picks from the Rams. I think that's a good move. And maybe they're just thinking, you know, Goff is is a you know a stopgap for a year or two. I don't know. I, it's going to be tough to move that contract, though. I mean, who who wants? Oh, you're stuck with it. No, you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. But but what do you what do you think of the philosophy, Stevie, that the Rams are employing here? Now, with the picks that they're going to be dishing away, the Rams will have gone without a first round pick in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. I mean, you talk about outside the box thinking to be able to build the team without first-round picks. Now, they, like I said, they got Ramsey in here. So, okay, on, on that front it worked. Now they got a quarterback in here. So, I mean, they, they've used those first-round picks to give them an incredible core moving forward. I mean, you look what the Bills did, dishing away the first-round pick and other picks for Stephon Diggs and the impact that one guy had on their fortunes. It's you know, there'd be a lot of GMs going, no way in the world you got to build through the draft. The Rams think they're putting a, a Super Bowl contender out there without a first-round pick for how many years in a row is that? Three, seven years in a row without a first-round pick. Yikes. Well, you can still build through the draft, Brian, without first-round picks. There, there, there's good players, second-round, third-round, fourth-round. Yeah. So, I and and they've, you know, as you've said, their, their defense is pretty good right now. They've been Stafford for – Stafford's got what five years left in him? Do you think four or five years? So, I think so. so look, what, look what Brady's doing, and 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 uh, and they do have a running game. I they they they're they're pretty good right now. So you just kind of fill in as you go. Maybe, do, how's their offensive line, Brian? And speaking of Stafford's, you know, in, injuries here lately, is their offensive line good enough? Do they go need to pick up a a veteran offensive lineman to help out? Um, they're, they got the aging tackle, but no, their offensive line's pretty good. I mean, look how Akers ran the ball at the end of the year. Right. No, they can run the ball, but again, pass protection is different from, uh, from run blocking, but I, so they, they, they should be good. They, they, they really shouldn't have to worry about the draft that much going forward. Just, you know, fill holes and you can do that second, third, fourth round. One other footnote on this deal, which might shock people. So Stafford, his name was out there, right? We knew Stafford and Deshaun Watson, and oh my God, what is Houston going to get now? <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a bit for Watson. But of all the teams, and we knew we said, what did we say? The Colts and the Patriots. Matthew Stafford had a no a no trade clause, and there was only one team, only one team he said he wouldn't go to. The Patriots. Do you believe that? With Matt Patricia there, he wanted no part of going to the Patriots. Well, like with Matt Patricia there, it, it makes sense. No, but what? Where, where are the Patriots headed? I mean, they look. Well, they've got to be. they so. Well, they've got to be. You would think. You've got to think they are knee deep in this, and what a bidding war this will end up being. They got to be in on the Deshaun Watson deal. All right. Well, that makes more sense because he's younger. I, 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 if I'm Stafford, I don't want to go to New England either. They're, they're, they're kind of in a rebuild. So what? So and he doesn't have that much time left. Here's. Let me throw this one out to you. Um, um, Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, brought this up kind of as an aside during a press Garoppolo. conference the other day. 
he he's he's interested in Matt Ryan. Well, there you go. Then go well, Garoppolo to the Patriots then would be something marginally to be considered. Apparently, that's in play. I I I don't understand it, but apparently, it's in play. Again, maybe Belichick has always liked Garoppolo. Wow, I mean, we're racing to the big game, and we got a lot of props and stuff to get into this game. But this is always what happens. We get to the Super Bowl, you get odds for next year, and all the finagling starts as teams start to plot a course for next year. There's only one team going to be happy when it's all said and done. Will it be the Bucks? Will it be the Chiefs? We'll dive into that. Maybe a little more on Jared Goff. I want to get Stevie's take on Goff with the Lions. We'll talk about that in our next segment. Glad you're with us here on a Monday. It's Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network and on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sportsbook Radio from Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Hour number two uh, from Sunset Station. Chuck Esposito, the racing sportsbook director from uh, Sunset Station, is going to join us. And we're going to dive into all the props with Chuck, see what he thinks in terms of the money, where it's going to come, what the closing number will be, all kinds of good information still to come. Always love coming out to Sunset Station when you folks are coming in from out of town. We always say, do you think of the local joints? Downtown's fun. Think of uh, one of the station's casinos. Or a place like Suncoast where our buddy Mike Lewis is really thinking people come in from out of town. Stevie, maybe just maybe have you build on that thought for a second. And and we listen, we got our buddy Tony Neville down at Treasure Island on the strip. It's it's funny when, when people come to Vegas, they're all in on that strip experience, which is great. You're coming in from out of town. But I just think there should you could have a game plan coming in that you could stay at one of the local joints. Rent a car and anywhere in this valley. You could be anywhere in this valley in 20 minutes. And believe me, you just bop around from place to place. You still get the strip experience. But I think people would love the locals' experience, too. Oh, the local joints are great, Brian. Uh, Fantastic restaurants in those places. They all have movie theaters, bowling alleys, whatever you want to do. And then you're right. you're, You're 20 minutes from anywhere you want to be in town at any of the local places around town here. All right. So, Let's get back to this big trade for one second because talk to me about Jared Goff because you you were all over this guy a lot this year and rightly so. I mean he you know he showed a lot to me playing through with with the busted thumb. I you know he's he's still relatively you know, he is young, but he just makes some crazy decisions which is terrifying. You need your quarterback to you know calm down and be the extension of the coach on the field. Yeah, th- this is. It's tough for me. I'm a Northern California guy. I want to root for the Northern California kids. Man, Goff, I, I just don't see it. I mean, he, he makes bad decision after bad decision. I I just I just don't see it. I I I think that Detroit picked him up just because they knew they weren't, you know, Stafford needed to be moved. It was a big contract and they, you know, they got to turn this team over. They got the draft picks from the Rams. And okay, we gotta take Goff. And we'll and we'll have him for a couple of years, and then we'll we'll either you know get somebody else that we like, or we'll draft a guy, or or whatever. 
I don't think they see golf as their long-term answer. I really don't. The thing I'm worried about, you saw Dan Campbell's opening press conference. We're going to hit you in the kneecap, and we're going to do this, and we're, we're going to take you in the alley, and we're going to, you know, we're going to have breast knuckles. And this guy, the coach, may kill kill Goff. <laughs> I mean, he's making bad decisions. What's he going to do with them? That's a good point, Brian. We, we could see the first uh, coach giving his own quarterback a concussion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's get to – the big game, as we're getting closer now, we said rain's in the forecast, maybe some wind. Uh, we'll know much more the closer you get. The forecast can always be sketchy, you know, six days out. But your general train of thought for the game itself, Stevie, as of today? Well, I, I, like, I do like the under. I think that's my best play in this game. And so now I, I, I figured that they would be betting the over, and I still think they will. But now I've I've really got to watch the movement here of the number, with with that uh, with that forecast coming out. Um, we'll we'll see if the if the sharps make a play early earlier now than than they would have. Um, so I, I I have to watch that number because I, I like the under. Um, are you are you thinking turnovers, or are you thinking teams move the balls, uh, the football between the twenty and then the kickers come into play? Uh, there's some of that. Again, it's the Super Bowl that t- guys tend to get tight, especially early. So, there, so there's not a lot of scoring early, it, it, normally. Um, and c- can Kansas City play better than they played in the AFC Championship game? I don't think they played that well. I mean, it's just tough to put back-to-back games together like that. So, I, or, I or, or, or. Or they figured things out in the bye week, and and now they're on a tootsie roll and peaking. It's it's one or the other. But I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they really they really did play. Other than Hardman fumbling the punt, which was a train wreck. Other than that one play, they played pretty close to a perfect football game. I I, I would agree, and, and and everything about this game is different, right? It's two weeks to the next game that. Players are creatures of habit. They're not used to that. And and then you've got the long halftime. They're not used to that. So so this game is, you know, and, and believe, obviously Super Bowls have done over the total. But but when you throw all these different things into what you, their normal routine is during the regular season, it, it, it makes it tough for them to click as they normally would. I, I just I like the under in this game and uh, and now I'll have to watch the number. All right, is this too simplified? We're saying the Kansas City's coming in off a great game. But look what they did even in that game that they played so well. They were down 9 nothing. Bills, I mean, it should have been 10. Bass missed an extra point. The Bills got the ball back again, up 9 nothing, And on a third down, a little swing pass to Singletary, the whole game changed on a dime. When he dropped that pass, he could have walked for a first down. I mean, the Bills were on the way to scoring again. And we know Kansas City has a suspension for slow starts and then to come roaring back at you. And you mentioned the nerves where teams in the first quarter, they settle in once the hits start, but the first five to eight minutes of the game is this feeling out process. I mean, you can say the same things about Mahomes. I mean, they've won the thing, but their track record is to start slow. Nerves in the Super Bowl for Brady, you wouldn't think, I'm sure he'll have butterflies, but if anybody's going to handle it, the guy that's been involved in more Super Bowls than anybody would be the guy that could handle it. 
Yeah, well, again, I, I've, I've already taken Tampa at three and a half. I, I got nervous when it when it came down and, uh, you know, we've talked about go maybe reaching four before this thing's over. But I, I took the three and a half. Um, again, I looked at the, the two games uh, that we saw last. I don't think that Brady has as bad a second half as he did uh, against Green Bay. I think I think he'll clean up and he'll play better. And again, I, I don't know that Kansas City can do that again. And we've seen, I, I think Kansas City reverts back to who they are. They are a team that lets the other team hang around. That's what they did all year. So I see that happening again. It happened last year with San Francisco. All right, let's go through some of the, and there's so many different ways, obviously, with the quarterbacks and the guys, the positions. But we got some team props. These are just collective team props. So I kind of know where you'd be leaning anyway, but the Chiefs projected points 29.5 over minus $1.20. first half points for the Chiefs, Stevie. That's, wow. That had, see, that feels low. That feels like yep. I'm getting cheated a, a, a little bit there, but but I, I probably would stay away from it. I, I if I wanted to do something with the total first half, I'd be leaning under, but that does feel low. Well, the crazy thing is when we talk about that first six, seven, eight minutes, where usually it's like three nothing, you know, ten minutes into the game. That part of that's I think baked in the cake where they say these teams usually start slow in Super Bowls. Uh, so they're saying almost a half of the first quarter is gone. I think that might be the premise behind that. How about net yards for the Chiefs? 405 and a half. That, I mean, Mahomes threw for more than 400 himself in the first game. Yeah. I Again, that, that feels a little low. I think they're going to put up yards. I think, I, I think the, the Chiefs will put up yards. This one, to me, I think this one might move to two. And they want a decision, so maybe not. But total chief sacks, one and a half over minus $1.40. Steve, we talked about this. If they could, A, consistently get to Allen in the pocket, and on top of that, contain him, an elusive quarterback, and bring him down with regularity, and the Bills – Offensive line was really good this year in pass protection. And that's them coming in a guy they know can get away from them. They know exactly where Brady's going to be. Now, you know, Brady gets rid of the ball quick. But the way that the the blanket coverage that the secondary had for the Chiefs, so many of those sacks on Josh Allen were coverage sacks. The question is, can Evans and Brown and Godwin, can they get separation the way the Bills couldn't against against the Chiefs? Yeah, that's one I got to go bet. I, I, there's going to be two sacks on Brady. I, I, I don't see there, – there's just no way there's not. He, 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 you're right. He can't move. He's going to be standing there. The Chiefs will get two sacks on Brady. All right. Here's one I really like, Stephen. I think, I think you, you take a look at something like this. Total rushing yards for Kansas City, 78-and-a-half. Now, Edwards Hilaire is back, but maybe not 100%. The Daryl Williams kid was really good. But, Steve, when you throw on top of that, Mahomes can run, and they usually plug in one end around to tie, one or two carries for Tyreek Hill. And Hardman just had a 50-yard end around, a 51-yard end around. 78 and a half yards, I'm getting Williams, Edwards, Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, Mahomes, Hill, and Hardman. That, that's turning into one of my best bets of the day there 
over 78 and a half yards for a team? And again, if any part of this forecast is right, if you have rain yep. and wind makes it tough to throw the football, they're going to be running the ball more. I, I, I think you're right on that, Brian. You know, I think that that's some of the things you try to do is you just try to, you know, plot a course, use common sense and some logic. But if, if it's going over the 78 and a half, I am counting on one of the wide receivers to get at least the, the yardage necessary to get that prop over the top. But it's fun to dive into that. We'll turn to the buck side of the equation in our next segment. It's a brand new week. It's a Monday Sportsbook Radio. Glad to be with you. Sports Grid Radio Network right here on Sirius Channel 204. Lunchtime with the linemakers, and we are racing towards the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Soldiering on on a Monday, Sportsbook Radio Lunchtime with the line makers from Sunset Station on a Monday. Looking forward to the game coming up. Glad to be with you here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Chuck Esposito in our number two. We're diving into the props a little bit, and we were going uh, with the teams. We did the Chiefs in the last segment. Stevie, what say you? Let's do the Bucks. Let's go the other way. And uh, see if we can't find some of the deals there that make sense from a Tampa Bay perspective. Number of players to have a reception for Tampa Bay. Seven and a half. How about this one, buddy? The over is minus two dollars. Wow. I man, I don't know that they spread it around that much. Like I I I you know, like Gronk got one catch last game. Yeah, I, I, I think a, I I I think I'd be under seven and a half on that if I if I got to make a play. Well, and you're getting a nice plus price. I mean, yeah, it'd be under nothing. You're not laying two bucks on that one. Um, right. Now this is this is one, buddy. The number of bucks to score. The number of players that will score is three and a half, and unders the favorite minus a dollar twenty, but the bucks are projected for twenty six and a half points. That prop includes the kicker, and it includes two-point conversions. I think I'd be, un- unless you think Kansas City just destroying these guys, how do you not play the over three-and-a-half there? Plus, you get Brady, who could do a quarterback sneak. Say you get Fournette to run one in, and you've got Godwin, Brown, Gronk, and Mike Evans. I think i got to take a long, hard look at that. Unless you think the Bucks are getting steamrolled, how do you not play over three and a half players to score? Yeah, I don't think they get steamrolled. And, uh, and if you got the uh, the kicker in there, uh, yeah, I, I would I would think they get four different guys to score. You know, this is a prop, and I say this all the time that in many cases, the props that are going to go over are on the team that is actually going to lose the game. So, right. first downs for Tampa Bay. First downs, 21 and a half first downs. The first game, the way it was played, you know, the, the Bucks come roaring back with 14 fourth-quarter points. 
But those first downs, if if the Chiefs, if you think that whoever you think's ahead, maybe I would say this, whoever you think's going to be ahead, the, the team that you think's going to lose the game on your bet, play them over first downs because what happens is whoever's ahead, Stevie, they go to the cover two and the prevent defense, and they give them the dink and dunk stuff in the seven to ten, fifteen yard, twelve yard passes, and, and that, you know at the end. In, in garbage time, you could pick up four or five first downs. No, I agree with you, Brian. How, how many times do we see the quarterback that loses a game with way more passing yards than the guy that wins? So, by the, in the same vein, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm going to be playing Tampa Bay, and I think it's a lower scoring game. But if, if you think that uh, that Kansas City and and they could, uh, you know, mops the field with, with with Tampa Bay, then you're right. Then then Tampa's playing catch up the whole game. And, and may well have more first downs. Total yards for Tampa in the game, 383 and a half. What happens first, Stevie? I'll make you Kreskin here. What happens first? A Bucks punt, which is minus $1.60, or a Bucks touchdown plus $1.40? I'd probably go punt. Yeah, because you can get the ball, go down and get a field goal. But it's not a touchdown, and the right. next possession you punt, right? Right. Yeah, I would I would go punt on that prop. All right, how about some of the guys for Tampa Bay? Here's one, it, it, and again, I think with any bet, Steve, right? I mean, you have to have logic and reasoning and, and a rationale or a belief. You can't have intangibles. Um, I got a big intangible hockey play tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, no. We can throw this in there now. Now, whether this happens or not, I don't know. But I'm playing it. Arizona is at St. Louis in hockey tomorrow. Okay. They're plus a dollar eighty. Okay. We know who the better team is. Right. But we told you last week when St. Louis's hockey game got canceled, the second game in Vegas was postponed. Instead of squandering the day, Baruby did a full-fledged practice in Vegas, which is huge because in this truncated schedule, no one's going to get practice time. I bet you teams get maybe three or four practices in this entire year, Stevie. So the Blues get a full-fledged practice, turned the day into a positive, got something accomplished. Now, they're better than Arizona or Anaheim, but they went into Anaheim and they destroyed them in the first game and comfortably won the second game. That practice reap rewards. And then the other two of the others, three angles. One is teams going on a long road trip want to get off to a good start, and you think that you'd be fading them on the back end of the road trip because they're going to mentally check out. Well, Arizona starting a six-game road trip, and on top of it, one of the best angles ever, Stevie, is the first game home from a long road trip is a fade for the home team. There are three huge angles. Arizona starting a road trip. Blues coming home from a long road trip. And, oh, by the way, Arizona had three days off, so you bet your bottom dollar, my friend, they got to practice in before this game. I mean, everything points to Arizona. Whether they win or not, I don't know, but I'm playing it. I like your thinking here, and I love the use of the word truncated. Well done. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> th- this fir- the first game home off a road trip, Brian, that's a huge angle for me. I love playing that. So uh, yes, I'm I'm in on this. I I the the one thing about Arizona that bothers me that they're going to run Kemper into the ground. So I so if it's Kemper, I might be a little shy about it, but I probably would still play it. 
Well, I think Kemper on the first game of a road trip, he'll, his batteries are charged for this one game. That that that's fine. I, I again, I love going against the uh, the home team off a road trip. It's just a right, really so the, good angle. So this was an odd segue to what I'm getting at here. That th- there's a play like who's better, St. Louis. Who am I playing? Arizona. There are between the lines reasons that when you try to, you know, put the Rubik's cube together, it makes sense to me. Whether it works or not remains to be seen. If it does, I'll be rewarded. That's the nature of the game. To that end, I'm looking at a prop where I'm going inside the prop. There's the game within the game, the prop, the prop in the game, and then a prop inside a prop. Antonio Brown, there are question marks about him, right? I mean, he missed the championship game. Uh, but you got to think it's a Super Bowl. He's going to give it a go. But his projected receptions is three and a half. I don't know. What what would you think on that, for starters? Just three and a half. Antonio Brown. Oh, that, Reception. That, boy, that's a, that is a tough number for me. I think he's right around there. I, th- I think he's three or four. I, I, okay. I, I would pass. I would just pass on that. Okay. Then what I'm thinking then, thank you, you just made the point for me. His projected receptions is three and a half. His projected receiving yards is 18 and a half yards. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know about him getting four catches. Right. But he can get 18 and a half yards on one. I agree with you. You know I what I'm saying? I, I, so instead yeah. of doing the rece- the receptions, I would play Antonio Brown's yards, and if he only gets one or two, and that other prop stays way under, the fact is he can get the necessary yardage on the one or the two catches. It's the way safer of the two options. Does that make sense? Well, and think about it, Brian. When do they throw to him? They throw to him downfield. They're they're not throwing him, you know, short in cuts. They they're, they throw downfield to him. So one catch could get you 18 and a half yards, certainly two. I'm I'm with you, Brian. I would go over 18 and a half yards, and I I don't want anything to do with three and a half catches. It's it's, as you're trying to, it's it's so, you know, you know me, don't get me going on analytics, but I mean, it's almost as simple as close your eyes and you're just trying to, you know, envision the game from the prop perspective. And the beauty of this, there are 400 of them. We'll get into the fun ones and the cross-sport props and those kind of things down the road. But the keep it simple, stupid one, Danny Sorensen over six and a half tackles to me. The guy's covering Gronkowski, who's projected for three catches. If Gronkowski gets three catches, unless they're touchdown, Sorensen's tackling him every time. There's three. And the guy is actively involved in run support. And and if they're playing zone and sending blitzes, Sorensen, Mateau gets all the pub. Sorensen's the guy that makes all the tackles, and he flies under the radar. I'm I'm, I'm with you on Sorensen. I I don't know how much Gronk is used. They, they they used him for one play in the in the championship game. I I I think they they just like him as a blocker now. He's an excellent blocker, run or pass blocking, and 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 maybe and they'll get him out there, and maybe he'll draw some attention to get somebody else you know open. Uh, we'll, we'll see how much he's used. But I'm with you on Sorensen. Yeah, but the funny thing is, and you're right, Gronk is long in the tooth. Now, Travis Kelsey is a tight end, is a wide receiver. I mean, the guy's a favorite. A tight end is a favorite, a significant favorite to score a touchdown in the game. But 
the nature of the beast, though. You've got Gronkowski, but the other guy's the guy that maybe is the sneaky uh, play is Cameron Brait, the other tight end. Yeah, perhaps. I, you know what? I, you know what? I, I would of of all those three, if I'm going to do something, I, I, I like uh, Kelsey for a touchdown. You know, Mahomes likes him. He's got that size advantage that Gronk used to have when he was younger. So they just they just post him up on a smaller guy. You know, when they're in the red zone, and and it's pretty easy. All right, other stuff that happened over the weekend. Let's get away from the football for just a minute. Did you see the wild finish in the uh, Brooklyn game with Washington? Uh, Washington hits two three pointers inside the final five seconds of the game to win, and then and then on top of it, as bad as that was, Brooklyn had a layup to win the game and missed it. That was one of the craziest finishes you'll ever see. The golf on the weekend. Patrick Reed gets the win, and controversy again for Patrick Reed. And I got to tell you. I think they piled on Patrick Reed. You know, he won for fun. He had the controversy where the ball, he thought the ball plugged, and and then he moved the ball and then called in the rules official. He was a victim of his reputation for something he did in the past. But I thought he was held to a really unfair standard. I know he's opened this kettle of fish. Roy McIlroy did the same thing on Saturday, and nobody batted an eye. Um but, you know, the bottom line is, and they had the, the video to prove it. He walked up to the volunteer, said, did the ball bounce? And the volunteer said, no, it didn't. So he thought the ball, he reached down in to identify his ball and felt it was plugged. And then he moved it. He should have called for the official first, but the official came and confirmed it. And if, the, if he'd have made a mistake, the official would have penalized him. It wasn't like he was trying to get pull the wool over anybody's eyes. He called an official over. I just thought that uh, Reed was held to a pretty unfair standard, but he was impressive. And by the way, getting that win at Torrey Pines, my goodness, the rough there was already brutal, and they're coming back to play the U.S. Open there in June. Man alive, uh, that's going to be a great U.S. Open. And Patrick Reed, a horse for the course, he looked really good. McElroy had a decent weekend. Watch out in the U.S. Open for Xander Shoffley. Went to San Diego State, had a pretty solid week, and his game is tailor-made for a U.S. Open setup. Uh, you know, Reed gets the win, but I'm looking at Xander Schaubert. All right, we're off to the races on a Monday. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap up hour number one, geared up to the Super Bowl. Stevie's thoughts are in the on-deck circle. We invite you to keep it right here. Lunchtime with the line makers. It is Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. up hour number one sportsbook radio from sunset station chuck esposito is going to be joining us uh, joining us in the next hour and we'll dive into the props and all the good fun we're going to have leading up to the football game we're going to have good fun for you all week long thursday and friday a reminder we're going to be over at the superbook at the westgate with our annual super bowl prop shows and we'll be with you thursday and friday right here on the sports grid radio network and Sirius channel 204 jay cornegate jeff sherman 
Uh, we've got great guests that will be coming by. Bruce Marshall, Andy Isco, Oscar Goodman, the former mayor of Las Vegas. We're going to have a lot of fun leading up to the big game. It's a big, crazy week for us, uh, Stevie. And with football at the end of the week, one sport's ending, another one's about to begin. Baseball's not far away. And on Stevie's thoughts, you want to talk about a guy that uh, you're a big fan of. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. My dad spent some time in Boston, got to watch Ted Williams, among others. I'll forgive um, you for so, that. Go ahead. Okay. So so anyway, Dustin Pedroia has announced his retirement today. And it, it was just a pleasure to watch that guy play. Uh, second baseman who, who played the position very, very well. Uh, great on the turn and uh, and hit some huge home runs and came up with some big hits in, in some, uh, you know, important games in, in the playoffs and even at the end of the regular season. Um, a, a, a really good teammate. All his teammates said that. Uh, they named him captain there at the end. Uh, unfortunately, he ran into it because he played so hard, which, again, I respected, had a lot of injuries, had knee injuries, elbow injuries, and uh, has to retire now early. But I, I just I really loved watching the guy play baseball, Brian. AL Rookie of the Year uh, in 2007, AL MVP 2008, 17-year career, Three World Series rings with the Red Sox, four-time gold glover. I get why you like him, Steve. If you're a Red Sox fan, he did a lot of good for you. You did a lot of good for us in this first hour. We'll try to do a lot of good for you folks in the second hour. Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Thrilled to be with you on Sirius Channel 204. Jumpstart in a brand new week. We're coming to you from Henderson today. Sunset Station Chuck Esposito will join us in the next hour. Thanks for joining us. We invite you to keep it right here. 